Hello, Divas of Dolls, and welcome back to another, you know the drill, girl group gossip with me, Cheryl Hall. Boos, that's my name, don't wear it out. We at Girl Group Gossip like to shake things up, you know. We get bored. We don't want to talk about the same old thing. So on this week's episode, we are venturing left field a bit. We're taking the left-hand lane today. And I'm not going to lie, it still is a girl group, but it is a girl group in a different medium. Because, yes, Divas, we are venturing into the world of musical theatre and discussing all things about dream girls. And honestly, I am so excited to get into this. Now, this week's episode, we have got some absolute dolls joining me. Now, we all know that my co-host is a big fan of a musical, I mean musical, and honestly, how could I not do this episode without her? So joining me on the pod in a bit is Jan, and extra special guest... Who has been on Broadway? Who has been on the, the West End? And also featured in the amazing remake of Aladdin. We have Marisha Wallace joining us later on. But kids, you know the drill. You know the time. It's time to welcome my co-host. So without further ado, my sister from across the pond, NYC. The world keeps calling by bus or by plane. It's only Jan! Yes, what's going on, Diva? Good morning, darling. How the hell are you? Baby, I'm so good. So happy to hear you. So happy to see you. And so happy to catch up with you. I miss you dearly. It is always so good having you on the pod. Now, the first time we did this, we did it with the Pussycat Dolls. We, we sure did. We sure and did. And that was a moment. That was a moment. <laughs> it was an absolute gag. And I can't not say that my drag hasn't gotten closer to Nicole Scherzinger since that pod. I just want you to react. Yeah. That's all I want. <laughs> <laughs> Doll domination, honey. Exactly. But the thing is, is like, what I love about this podcast is the title is just so open. Like, we all know me. I love my girl groups. I love just talking all things pop music. But there are so many different groups of girls in different forms and different mediums. So why not discuss them? Absolutely. I love the realm that you are taking this in. And this has to be, you know, even though it's not one that we normally would hear on the radio, this is one of the most iconic girl groups of all time. And I'm excited to talk about it. You know, she loves the theater. This is actually me weaponizing my BFA. And I'm so excited <laughs> to talk about it. I mean, dragging that person for dirt on Twitter, aren't you? You're just letting him have it. <laughs> yeah, I am. I am. And I'm not going to apologize for that. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, we're here doing the thing, twirling, living, breathing. Right. I'm not in $200,000 of debt for no reason. Come on, let's talk about it. <laughs> I mean, I'm not even going to discuss bank balances because I have refused to look at my... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just in... I'm, I'm at that in denial stage. I'm just like, yeah, it's the electric arm. 
Is the water still running? Good, we're good. Yeah, and, and I'm over here like, uh, hey, so uh, I want to buy a house. Uh, <laughs> check check, check my credit. No, I'm literally kidding. I could never. In, in Manhattan, I don't think. I don't think, honey. I don't think that's happening. Oh my God. That's a goal for my 30s. Yeah, and we're we're far away from that. getting warmer and warmer older and wiser we've got to talk about dream girls we do we have to talk about the dream girls so dream girls is obviously the iconic musical based around the 1960s motown r&b all all that time and it was created in 1981 and it trust me it has not gone anywhere since. Now, what was your earliest memory of Dreamgirls? Because obviously, me and you are such a musical theatre kids. We've grown up. We've yeah. done the bit. We've done the shows. We've done the the, the dips and skips. But um, what what was your earliest memory? I have to be honest. I have some vague memory of Jennifer Holiday singing, and I am telling you from my youth. Um, and I can't like pinpoint where or when, but I do remember hearing that song from a young age, and loving what I was hearing. Uh, I grew up always loving to sing around my house, and I I was just enamored with the voice and the talent. But I really like started to focus on it more. Like, it really came into my realm and hemisphere with the movie. And then I got to know much more about it. I've seen it live. Um, I saw two of my friends in it um, and just, like, fell in love with, like, the little differences between the musical and the movie. And, um, yeah. So I guess around 2006 was when, I think that's when the movie came out. And that's when I, uh, that's when I really got, well, that's when the bug bit me. Oh, gotta get a vaccine. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? Do you know what? I remember watching the first season of Ugly Betty. It was the Thanksgiving episode, and Mark and Amanda were in the uh, the, the closet, if you will. Yeah. I call it the wardrobe. And uh, <laughs> they were they were dancing around to Dream Girls in the gowns, and that was the first time I'd ever heard like the Dream Girls quintessential title track right and i was like this is the moment this is the divas and the devils and like part of me was like this sounds very much like diana rossi kind of like feeling the fantasy totally and behold it's loosely based on the supremes totally and i love that little moment because i really feel like it does encapsulate so much that was going on during the time and yeah, it's just beautifully written, beautifully done. The music is so, so, so catchy and just well spoken. Like, you know, you know, some musicals where it's like you have the songs that are like, it's like more jukeboxy and it doesn't necessarily like move the plot across. I yeah. feel like this is like, um, kind of jukeboxy in a way, but obviously not, you know, really sampling any songs that are from real life. It's, it's its own script and score. And it's exciting because it progresses the plot, but also gives the audience a moment to jam out to these iconic, beautifully written songs. I love it. 100%. You've hit the nail on the head. Like, there's so many musicals at the moment, like you say, which are the jukebox, where they take these pop songs and these popular music and mishmash it together with a script and a story to piece the puzzle together totally and i think what resonates with everybody is the music of dream girls is 
the the music of the 60s and the 70s and the early 80s if you will right and piecing it together with a story a plot and making it that motion that everybody just loves and i remember <laughs> right do you remember back in the heyday limewire of course i do <laughs> now i hadn't i hadn't seen the movie yet but i downloaded the motion picture soundtrack Love. for dream girls because i was like Beyonce, Jay Hudds, I'm there. Yeah. I'm buying a ticket. Well, I didn't buy it because I illegally downloaded it. Yes! (laughs) But I remember listening to the soundtrack and going, I need to go buy the DVD. I've got to go get it. Yeah. And it's a stacked cast. I mean, and yeah, I think I definitely saw it in theaters and I was, and see, I think I had the reverse. I saw it in theaters and then I said, Little Miss LimeWire get this on my good old ipod nano oh my god what color ipod nano did you used to have product red honey oh she was the diva in the dark see my favorite color growing up was green so every every new generation i would get the green one it was like the signature because nobody else would get the green and like michelle versace obviously would never get the green ipod nano (laughs) no you said give me lime for my lime wire okay Exactly. <laughs> Miss Shezzy is being illegal. <laughs> yeah, they come for us now, imagine. <laughs> I mean, in the words of Miley Cyrus, can't be tamed, can't be blamed, but it's 2021. You know, you know, when you do something bad, you have that period like afterwards that you get like let off. Totally. It comes out then. And I feel like that's us. And much like Sarah Bareilles would say, I want to see us be brave. And I think that we're being really brave by talking about this right now. So uh, all of you out Sharing there, you're your in truth. for a treat. Yeah. <laughs> Sharing, Sharing your story. Sharing your past sharing our truth that's the vulnerability the judges are looking for babe i mean if only they saw that on season one and season 12 ah! <laughs> <laughs> they didn't see any of it because uh <laughs> i was crying too much <laughs> it was a little too was it, was a little, it was a little too vulnerable for us do this not that too much less more Enough! <laughs> <laughs> and then chasse away <laughs> <laughs> and the PTSD is kicking in. Anyway, the scars so, on my mind are on replay. Are on replay, replay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I really felt like the movie really introduced a brand new audience, like that would not necessarily go to Broadway, go to the West End, and watch these shows. Totally. And a lot of people are like, "Oh, it's a sellout." Blah blah blah. I'm like, "No, this is a great." thing because it's a story in the words of beauty and the beast tale as old as time (laughs) totally like like this this is still going on today people are still stealing music people are still breaking up in girl groups yeah they want to break up bye bye yeah Imagine maybe I'll see you in the next one. Yeah, imagine we're announcing the Frock Destroyers breaking up. Speaking of screen, no, they are not, and neither is Stephanie's Child. We're all fully intact, ready, ready to go. But it does. It talks about a very true time, very true moments in the music industry. And I'm not one of those people who thinks that like doing those things that are meant for like that medium. Um, it, like I'm not somebody who's like this should stay on stage. 
I think that there's certain musicals that maybe should or that work better on stage, but mm. there's so many musicals that are so larger than life that like I feel like deserve a Hollywood story to be able to show how, you know, incredibly talented these people are. Because I mean, and then in turn, those people go to see the Broadway shows. And that's exciting. Like, I'm so obsessed that there was the revival in 2016 on the West End because I'm like, well, now it's a little more in the media. Now people kind of have a sense of what this was. Whereas if it was just on Broadway or, you know, just touring in theaters, people might not know as much about it, you know? Truly. And I remember losing my mind hearing that Dreamgirls was coming to the West End at the Savoy Theatre as well, which is one of like the flagship West End theatres as well. And when they said that Amber Riley was coming, I was like, oh, bitch, we're not playing here, are we? No games were played at all. Amber Riley is top-notch talent. Like she was the perfect choice to kickstart the UK version of Dreamgirls, in my eyes. But obviously, our iconic guest, uh, Marisha, slotted in perfectly and was an absolute icon. I saw both of them do the roles. Work. I've heard recordings, because I'm one of those like musical theater girls that's like, I want to listen to all the girls singing. I need to hear all the recordings. And our lovely special guest, really really slammed at home that is one of the hardest roles ever ever emotionally vocally taxing and to be able to handle that with ease is incredible i remember so this isn't a this isn't an ad (laughs) you know today ticks yeah oh totally i did the lottery every single day every single day to make sure i got those front row tickets Yes, because i was like I need to see this. And then I got tickets and I have never got on a train so quick in my life. And I sat there front row, just in awe, in awe, because the production is so stripped back. Right. That you just focus. It reminded me very much of Chicago. Like Chicago is the bare bones. You've got the band on stage and the stage itself with a few steps. That's it. Oh, and the trap door. Everybody loves a trapdoor. Love a trapdoor, love an entrance, love a rise, love a fall. Yeah, being up close, especially for such a like heavy storyline and heavy, heavy vocals. Oh, I can, I'm, I, I have chills thinking about it. Like that must have been so amazing. Are they multiplying? Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know, babe, because I'm losing control. <gasps> what? <laughs> oh, God, I, don't know. I went very Miranda Sings then. Yeah. What do you even think? <laughs> <laughs> we Imagine dream Miranda sings. Boy. We'll make you happy. This is the preview. Colleen, we if have you're to... listening. <laughs> I'm just gonna say we have to send this to her. <laughs> and I am telling you, not going. You're the best man. I cannot. I won't. Right. I can't. I can do it all day. I can do it all day. Yeah, we really could. Anyway, right. <laughs> this, this show is jam-packed with bops. Like, you know on Girl Group Gossip, we love to do our top five. So, yes. I, I mean, you know the drill. You've been here before. I feel like we should just kickstart. So, Jam, what is your fifth song 
from Dreamgirls. Okay, it's really hard because I-, I hate to be like the basic girl here who's like, I love the hits, but sometimes the hits are just so good. Like, I yeah. really do love them. And so I'm going to have to go with my top five is really it's one that kind of, you know, is at the beginning of the show. Big fan of Move. Me, me, too. It's the it's the cowbell at the beginning. Yeah. And then that bass that comes in. Ah, so good. Very reminiscent of my sister taste running in very late. The music's already playing and then you just run on stage for the beginning first line of the song. Work! I just got one more nail girl. I'll be right there. Start the track. Start the track. <laughs> Please welcome to stage. Boof, boof. Literally. No, I love that. And it was such a great way. Because what I love about the show is the three main roles are females. Yes. We love a strong female lead. Wait, what's, what season of Drag Race was that? I love a strong female lead. <laughs> I was like, three female leads. I was like, um, season six, Courtney adore Bianca. Um, <laughs> I don't know. And normally I'm pretty on top of my Drag Race references. Maybe I just made it up. Maybe I, I'm so exhausted that I'm just making stuff up now. Maybe it was like season 11. I love a strong female lead. Was that like in one of the rusicals of season 11? Maybe it was like the rusical. I mean, we digress. I, I digress. Um, three strong female leads that are here to show that they ain't going, if you'll pardon the pun. And, <laughs> and trust and believe, the show starts with all, all the... All the contestants competing with their song, but totally. that was the moment the show began for me. Totally. With move. Absolutely. Very Tiny, strong choice. Tiny Joe Dixon gave us a lovely opening moment. And the, you know, I'm looking for something, baby. Those are all cute songs. But when yeah. the girls come in and sing Move, the show's begun. That was a nice, like, entre-act moment. But move is when it really gets going. It really starts to move the show, if you will. Hashtag the Dreamettes were robbed. It's the Dreamettes! The Dreamettes! <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jan, my fifth favorite, and I'm probably going to get crucified for this, okay. is the title track, Dream Girls. No, that's a that's a great one. There's a lot of great there's a lot of great songs in here, babe. There's no judgment here today. Okay. Well, I'll tell you for why. Because it sells. Mm-hmm. The musical, it does what it says on the tin. It's, they're the dream girls. They'll make you happy. But I also feel like, I don't want to say their comeback was a sellout, but obviously what they were doing was they were trying to win over the audience. So they had to play it down. Whereas totally. I feel like the heart, <laughs> the heart in the music was Effie White. Right. Exactly. And that's such a sad, crazy time. I mean, I'm. it's wild to me that these like women of color and even like the men of color at that time had to do certain things to be able to cross over when the talent is just beyond anything that we've seen before and should mm-hmm. just be at the forefront of what it is. It's, it's crazy to think that. And like, I, I got the voice, Curtis. I've got the voice. Like she does. She really does. And then when and we hit Fa, we've girls, all got like, pain. Yeah. Hello. You should see my knees. <laughs> <laughs> Doing too many dips over there, Shaz. 
The dips and the tricks. She's she's twenty seven now. Yeah, twenty eight. Twenty eight, feeling great. Uh, exactly. So, Jana, what is your number four? My number four is one night only disco. Are you the, kidding? The disco version. Four. Four. I know. Four. I know. Because my <laughs> yeah, it, it it's four. It's number four okay. for me. I, it is a bop. It's great. I do love the slow version as well. So I'll tag that along for the ride. Um, but it is my number four. It is. I have. I just have ones. It just didn't chart as high for me with everything. Okay, I completely get that because there are so many other strong songs. But it's my number two. Wow. Okay. And I'll tell you for why. Why? Because it is a bop, 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 bop to the top absolutely and it's like a late second act like it gets all of us kind of going and riled up for the end too we know it's coming we know one night only the plot's moving and we're dancing we're dancing we're living we're breathing we're easy beasy beautiful cover girl (laughs) and dream girl (laughs) and we'll make you happy what's your number four now you know me whenever i do the pod i always put the ballad like number five because i'm like ticking the box yeah but that's like pop music this is musical theater land totally i've got three ballads in my top five so my first of the three at number four that was very disjointed way of saying it (laughs) my number four is i am changing yes classic it was it was the return of effie white she's like hit that track I'm here. I'm here to sing. And I remember seeing... So the first time I ever saw it live was on the West End in 2016. Yes. And that quick change, I'm not sure how how many times it's been done in other renditions of the show. Totally. I don't think it was in the original show. I think that might have been one that was written for it. Because I just vividly remember the spotlight going from the full picture just to the face. And then all of a sudden it is boom, boom, I am keyboard changing. And then she's in a gown. I'm like, bitch, bitch. It's it's a wonderful, beautiful moment. Makes me cry every time I watch the movie, for sure. Um, but yeah, the fact that that like happens, like that's theater magic. Like that's something that like in a movie you can't capture. Like you can get, you mm-hmm. can get it like, to change things and and do things like that. But seeing like a live change on a key change is like one of the most iconic things ever. I think that's why people love drag queens so much. <laughs> hello. Hello. Exactly. All right, Miss Diva. What is your number three? Okay. My number three is Dreamgirls. Oh, tell me, Jan. Tell me why it's number three. Um, it's number three because the my my top two are um one of my favorite things in musical theater, and um and I think we know where we're going with that. Um, but I do think like Dreamgirls is like it's 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 such a catchy, fun song. I feel like it really encapsulates all of the joy, but also some of the hardship of the movie. And I think that juxtaposition is a really beautiful thing to witness and watch. Um, while also the girls are singing, they look beautiful. They're in their Sunday best and they're just selling it to the audience. And it's like they're, it, it's the start of their big break, which is so exciting to see. But beautiful also, gowns, beautiful gowns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some beautiful gowns. They are in them, honey. Yeah. 
What's your yeah, number I three? So my number three is very controversial because it was added to the movie, but then written in to the revival on the West End. Okay. And I'm specifically only putting listen the West End revival version because sure. how the song is so great. I loved it in the movie and it was like the song of the movie that Beyonce released. It was the one that really put the movie on the map in the charts and whatnot. Right. But it didn't really fit in with any storyline. Like, and I'm telling you is a story. It's something that's happening. Whereas listen in the movie was just Beyonce singing into a microphone, if you will. Yeah, it's so interesting to think about how Listen plays um, in in the in the theater version because you know, a movie magic, we can do a little montage, a little throwback. Like, I think there's like one where she's like laying in bed and she's like the sheets are over her or something, and she's like, oh, "I'm so torn about all of this." And like, I'm like, <laughs> I don't know if we could do that in the theater version and make all of those all of those things apparent, you know? Yeah. But when it when it's sung right, honey, the story's there. Oh, truly. And I have to say, I absolutely loved the rewrite of the second verse because the song was so conversational between Dina and Effie. And it's at that moment where Dina has just realized that she's being mugged off. Everybody's being mugged off around her and she's had enough. And like, they're the sisters that have just reunited. And it, right. it was just such a powerful moment. Like that, that entire West End revival absolutely threw me for six with emotions. Like I was like, done, I gone. I needed bed straight after. <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm so jealous. I wish that I got to see that live. Oh my God. I'm, I'm sure there will be a moment when it comes back. I hope so. I hope it comes to Broadway. My God. Oh, and it has to come with. So if you haven't listened, go on to like Spotify or Apple or wherever you listen to your music and just type in the West End production of Dreamgirls and listen to Amber Riley. And oh my God, I feel terrible. I can't remember the name of the actress that Um, plays Dina. Oh, wait. um, Lissy? Do your market research. (laughs) Lissy? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. It is so beautiful. So that's why that's my number three. Anyway, Jan, number two, my darling. My number two is It's All Over. Oh, there you are, Effie. I've been looking all over. That is, uh, I just, it, it holds such an attachment for me with me and all my friends in musical theater. So um, I have this one friend um, from college Shout out to Alia. Um, and she is like the perfect Dina Jones. And we would all just be in our common room. Just like we would all play different parts. We would all like sing along to this. And we would all just like go off, off book. And I just think it's such an amazing like storytelling moment and conversation while also giving us incredible vocals. I mean, this is what the musical is really about. Like this is, this is the 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 complex this is the problem and it's it really comes to a height here and amps everything up and i just think that it's written beautifully it's fun to perform fun to watch cool stuff i'm not feeling well i've got pain 
Effie, we all got pains. I, I, obsessed too with um the new doll who comes in. Now you watch your mouth, watch your mouth, Miss Effie Miss White. Miss Effie White. Because I don't take that talk from no second rain diva who can sustain. And it like, do you know really what does I love? It. What? Do you know what I love is when people get offended when we call them diva. I'm like, darling, there's a difference between diva and diva. Like, you've got everyone oh. diva, and we're like, diva. Do people get upset about that? Oh, I, I can't leave. It was a couple of weeks back. It was a while ago. I said, oh, anything for you, diva. And somebody was like, diva? Like, I'm like, it's it's a nice thing. Oh I say God. it out of love. I yeah I ugh, I can't I'm not even gonna get into that right now because anyway, it's done with love and respect everybody oh exactly. my god but truly but, what an excellent choice what an excellent choice from you yes Eva what's your number two uh one I only disco version mm. we've already right, we did say we did say that so the time has come. Not to lip sync for your lives, because uh, we don't like doing that. Um, what is your number one? I feel like we've got the same number one. So I was going to say, me. should we say it? One, two, three. Okay. One, two, three. And, and I, I am telling you. you. I wasn't yes. sure what, like, what, what, like, <laughs> way we were saying it, but yes, we, uh, we did it very well. It's like a... Two girls, one brain. <laughs> I'm obsessed. Yeah. <laughs> Two. Oh, man. Throw I, uh, did you Did you like uh, my little uh, season 12 phrase then? I love it. Two girls, one brain. I love it. Yeah. Well, there's really only two anyways. But exactly. Any- <laughs> anyways, yeah. This is one of the greatest songs of all time. I have heard so many different recordings of it. I... It, it, it's just an emotional roller coaster that is like going at 90 miles per hour the entire time. Loops, twists, pulls, everything. Heart. It is, it is like one of the hardiest songs mm-hmm. ever. Utter despair. It's incredible. I know, I know we're in a podcast, so you can't see me, but I'm literally sat here with my jaw on the floor because I, I cannot even fathom the words to even describe this masterpiece of music. And I, I've got to give a shout out to Jennifer Holiday for cementing this version into everybody's brains totally for the rest of time. I remember. Obviously, my first introduction was the Jennifer Hudson version. Sure. Epic, fantastic, brilliant, unique, never the same. Spit on it, throw up, club, yeah. another club, another club. Never been done before. Exactly. But brilliance, absolute. But the fact that they can sit there at that dressing room table and deliver this song just and fill out this theater, I was speechless, honestly speechless. It's yeah, it's one of the most incredible things ever. If you have not listened to Jennifer Holiday's version of this song, it is the blueprint. It is what everybody goes off of and you need to hear it because the way that she encapsulates all of the emotions, the range, the rawness, it's something to be celebrated. I mean, and this was done 
40 years ago, voices have changed. Things are getting more difficult and, and crazier, I feel like, with scripts and scores. But mm-hmm. this has to be, like, one of the most, if not the most challenging song to act, perform, and sing. Crazy. Well, there's no Jesse J riffs in there. There's no, no, like, moments like that. It is just from the soul. Totally. That's the only way I could describe it. I I remember watching a clip when she came back for the American Idol final. I can't even remember the girl that she duetted with. And oh. I just remember, like, your voice has not changed at all. No. Mm-mm. The faces are still the same as well. Totally. <laughs> right. But, like, that's in her body. Like, there are just some songs, like, I feel like when it's in your body, you have it. Like, it is muscle memory at that point, and And she, it does not change. It's, it's incredible to witness. Now, I'm going to be controversial here and just say, I don't think a song has ended an act one as perfectly as that has in a musical. Totally. I think that that's, it's like the perfect cliffhanger. You're like, well what's next like whoa like i think like maybe like a defying gravity moment is good i mean to be cliche but i don't think that rivals this with the emotion and i mean that's a show in itself like end at act one honey like and then let's do the sequel like that it is it is wonderful 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 (laughs) the audience is like oh oh I was going to go to the toilet, but I can't leave my seat. <laughs> I'm no. just going to piss myself. No, totally. It's gone and it's out. It's on the floor. And I have to, we, we can't not discuss this song and give a major shout out to the angel that is Chi Chi Devane and her incredible performance of that song cheech yeah absolutely one of the greatest lip syncs of all time on drag race history absolutely talk about my honest opinion yeah talk about somebody who encapsulates the heart and the emotion and the rawness of that song uh like even like the breaking of the pearls like gag like it was a moment it was a moment I love it. To quote Gottmik, Gagatrondra. Gagatrondra, absolutely. <laughs> and on that note, right, I feel like it's time for us to round up, have a little quick tinkle break, and we will be right back with our extra special guest, Marisha Wallace. We'll see you in a bit. <laughs> And we are back. Oh, I feel so refreshed after that little tinkle. But my divas, my dolls, we are joined by an absolute musical theatre icon. I cannot believe I'm getting to gossip with this queen. Everybody, please welcome Marisha Wallace! (laughs) (laughs) Hello, my gorgie. How are you doing? I'm amazing. I'm so happy to be here. And congratulations on your podcast, boo. Thank you, Gorge. Do you know what? (laughs) We didn't even get a chance. So we were on this New Year's Eve call, weren't we? Celebrating singing in 2021. And I jumped on just as you were singing your little heart out. (laughs) And we didn't even get to chat. So I'm so excited we're here. I'm so happy to be here. And I was so about drunk that night. So I'm glad you got to see me. (laughs) Because it was like, wasn't it like midnight? It was like... We were singing in the new year. It's stuck. 
<laughs> we did. We were on Zoom in the new year, as you know, that makes sense with the year that we've had. <laughs> that was crazy. The, the glam divas we are. But how is everything with you? Are you good? Are you well? I am very well. I'm very blessed and happy. And, you know, I think I've made uh, lemonade out of the lemons of what we've been going through. And I try to stay positive and keep it going. But, you know, blessings have been coming even during the storm so it's been great truly and i think what i love about you so much is you have such a positive outlook and i see so much in myself because life's too <laughs> short to be stressing about the negative things in life like you say let's make lemonade out of lemons and mm -hmm. add a splash of vodka in there <laughs> see that's the part i was missing i need the vodka <laughs> vodka gin you name it i'm there but darling i've just got Firstly, I have to ask you, do you still think he is rather tasty? Babe, still think he is rather tasty. <laughs> when I tell you, I watched that movie and gagged that the most iconic line in the movie was you twirling around, honestly. Babe, that was my first feature film that I've ever was a part of. And to do that iconic line, was insane. Also, uh, Aladdin was my first Broadway show. Mm -hmm. So I sang that song in the original Broadway cast. We'll sing that part on Broadway. And then to do it in the film, it was just like a full circle moment. I used to watch Aladdin every day on VHS because I'm that old. We did not even have DVD. <laughs> I'm I watched it. Did you watch it? I watched yeah. the VHS every day. And I saw that woman pop out the house with that gap. And I was like, that's a bit of me right there. So <laughs> to do it in real life, I was like, whoa, this is crazy. <laughs> Still, I think he's rather tasty. will go down in history as one of the best lines. Along with the muses in Hercules, I will say. That's that's uh, next for you. Live that, reaction. Um, I am waiting. Every time they do like a dream cast, I'm like, I don't care about the dream cast. I want the real cast and I want to be in it. <laughs> Make that happen, Alan Minkin, because I know him too. So I hope he's listening. <laughs> well, I'm sure Disney is an avid listener of Girl Group Gossip, the podcast. So I think we put it out <laughs> into the world. <laughs> but Diva, we have just been discussing all things Dream Girls. Now, I had the pleasure of seeing you on the West End when you played FEY. I saw both you and Amber playing the role. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Girl, oh I was there. I like Dream Girls is one of my favorite. I honestly think it is the favorite musical that I've ever seen. And you oh. turned that role out. Now, I just want to know, when did you first fall in love with Dream Girls? What is like your earliest memory of the musical? Well, my earliest memory uh, was when I was little, my mom used to play the vinyl of the Dream Girls whole thing. And it was the first time I heard anyone that sounded like me singing on Broadway, because usually, you know, it was like, oh, you know, when you were like, okay, cute, yeah. but that's not my voice. And it was the first time I've ever heard like church music, like gospel sound styles on Broadway. And so from there also that song, and I'm telling you is deeply cemented in the black community, like on the Showtime at the Apollo, if you sang that, you will always win the contest. Like if you do talent shows, you would win. So I was seeing that around the country at like state fairs, pageants. I was seeing that song. And so that was my first memories of it. And I would always win because like, if you can get through the song, 
you will always win. You know, as a show queen yourself, you you Trust have your little tricks, your tricks in your bag where you like, if I know if I pull that trick, I'm gonna win. So that's what I would do. I was singing at pageants and things of that like that. And then I got into musical theater and Broadway, and I used it as my audition like song forever. And I never ever thought that I would get the chance to play the role. And then I got to do it right out of college at a little theater in New Hampshire. And then I did it at Dallas in Dallas. And then I got the call to do it on the West End. So it's been a part of my life for a long time. Now, I was so excited at the revival of Dreamgirls, not only coming to back into the musical theatre world and onto stages, but the West End, like I've always dreamt of seeing it. And how was it coming over to the UK and being a part of the revival, but not only the revival, being able to sing Listen, because <laughs> trust and believe. It was great in the movie. We said this on the pod. It was great in the movie. It was the, the moment that the world went, oh, oh, okay. But the way it was worked into the show was beautiful. The conversation between Dina and Effie through the song, gorgeous. So what was your experience on the West End? Well, I was doing a show called Something Rotten on Broadway, and it was about to close. And, you know, this is something that people don't know. I was actually broke at the time. Like, I had taken a pay cut to go do Effie in, in Dallas because I had this, I just knew that I needed to do it. So yeah. I took a pay cut. I left Broadway, went and did it for three months, came back. Because of the pay cut, I didn't have, you know, I had lost money. And I only had like a month left before something right was going to close. And I was like, I don't really know what I'm going to do. All the shows I was going out for, I wasn't booking. And then I got this call from my agent that was like, do you want to go play Effie White in London? And I was like, oh, my God, this is what I had been praying for. I was like, Jesus, hallelujah. So they were like, uh, will you, can you come tonight? And I was like, what? <laughs> We're flying you into Heathrow now. That's it. Tonight? <laughs> they said, can you come tonight? And I said, uh, okay, maybe not tonight, but on the weekend I can. So I packed up all my stuff. I have four days, packed my stuff, came straight to to London. I had never even been here before. Oh I had five days of rehearsal um, because everyone had gotten sick in the cast. So they had canceled like four shows that week. Oh, everyone had gotten sick um so amber's understudies were all sick everybody like and they had had a lot of experience doing this role this role is hard even if you're like well and healthy it's hard mm -hmm. so i learned the show in five days but because i had taken that pay cut and went and did it in dallas it was already in me it was already in there so i learned their the london version of the show in five days and usually when effie comes out because you've seen the show they go effie and everyone goes ah! she comes trying out <laughs> and then no one knew even knew i was there it wasn't even announced nothing like i went on and they were like effie and then i came out and everybody went oh <laughs> Because everyone was expecting Amber. Like, so I literally was like, okay, I'm going to have to really uh, turn this thing around. So, but after, and I'm telling you, the whole audience was up on their feet, 
crying and screaming and being like, oh my God. And that's when I knew, I was like, I caught fire. And it was the best way to do it because I started at the bottom in the hole at the top of the show. And by the time the end, I got to the end, I was on the mountaintop. So it was amazing. See, that's my reaction that everybody has when I come out on stage. They go, oh, Sarah, all right. But by the end, end. I'm pounding my pussy to the floor. Do you know what? <laughs> I my first experience seeing Dreamgirls live, I won the Todaytix lottery. And not only was I in the front row, I was dead center. For and I am telling you, I needed a tinkle so badly, but I couldn't leave my seat for five minutes because I was so emotionally drained from that <laughs> performance that I was gagged, gooped, and I was gonna piss myself. <laughs> oh my god, babe. You, because we can see the audience on the conductor screen, and mm -hmm. so we would just see people like at the end of the number, just like this, huh? mouth yeah. gogged open, crying. Some people were holding on to each other and crying. It was just a beautiful, a beautiful moment. And my last night, because I went on to do the show for two years and took over the role, and my last yeah. night. I got a like seven minute standing O in the middle of the song and I barely could finish it. But just to go from like being uh to being celebrated, like yeah. by the end, I can I could cry talking about it now because like you know what it's like to start out at the bottom and then like making your way to the top and making people love you. And that's what that song is about. You're gonna yeah. love me. And so every night that I sung that, I was saying to myself, they're going to love me. I'm going to make them love me. And then they did. Truly. And that's amazing. It's amazing. But this is the thing that upsets me with Broadway and West End shows is these people come for the big names. It gets bumps on seats and it gets people there that it doesn't let the other cast get their moment. And like, I, I've been there. I've been on the lineups for the Rue Girls before I was ever there. And people would mm. go to the bar when I was performing. I've had wow. nine, nine people in a room at one show. And I'm having, I would always give it my all, no matter mm -hmm. if it's 10 people or 10,000 people, because you never know who's watching. Like, like Gaga says, there could be 99 people in the room. <laughs> <laughs> and that... But if there's one. <laughs> If you got that one, who loves you, honey? <laughs> and they're gonna love you. Oh well, I'm suddenly Whoa. a base. I'm suddenly a base. I thought it was a long night. Had a long night. That was that was me at the matinee, babe. <laughs> You're gonna love me. Tequila's still in the back of the throat from the night before. You're gonna love me. That's how I was doing all that growling, honey. <laughs> Now, <laughs> darling, I know what your answer is going to be to this next question. So I might have to ask two of you, but what is your favorite song from the show? Oh, well, my favorite song, I would, I well, it's tricky because I love and I'm telling you, but it's just so hard. And then when you get to the end, you're just like depleted. But I think Exhausted. the one that shows the most colors, I think, the show that has a, a beautiful acting arch is I'm changing because I'm changing starts soft and, and beautiful. And, it, and I think everybody's experienced that story of going from, you know, having a hard shell or being, you know, having this chip on your shoulder to, to letting that go. 
and to be like, you know what, I'm different. I'm cha- I feel like we don't give people enough credit to change, you know, with yeah. all the cancel culture and with all the, you know, you were like this one time, so you're done. So I just feel like that song just reminds us that we're human and says, look, hey, I'm changing. I'm different now. I'm going to be the best that I can be. And nobody's going to stop me from that. But just seeing that art sometimes is even more beautiful than doing. And I'm telling you, because it was like, Mm -hmm. it was so real. And that it just that costume change in the middle of it is a gag. (laughs) When when I tell you, I was shocked. (laughs) <laughs> when it, that that spotlight pans into the face, and then all of a sudden you're in this gown. I, how can you just tell me how that how that went down? Did, was there someone on a string behind you that took the tarot? No, away? no, it's it you. Down? No, so it was like so. Greg Barnes, who did the costumes for Aladdin on Broadway, Kinky Boots, Fierce, he's the best. So he, um, so the dress had like these straps that crossed around into the front and clipped into a, a popper right in the center. So that was the back of the, the whole gown. And then it had like a coat around it. So you had to like undo the coat, undo the snaps, have them in your hand ready so that when it goes, ah, yeah, boom, <laughs> so babe, I'm literally belting a note and undoing all these straps at the same time. I'm like going, this time, I am. And then sometimes if I can't undo it, I was holding that note for like hours. <laughs> the conductor's like, <laughs> the conductor's like, uh, one second, just doing one more pop. <laughs> I gotta get this string off. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, and then it would come down. It was amazing. I was like, I really have been asked to belt undress myself at. Same death. <laughs> uh, but it and was who amazing. likes undressing themselves, really? Babes, who likes that? That's what we no. pay people for. <laughs> Leave the coin on the dresser. Leave it on the dresser, babe. <laughs> Honestly, I have performed that before, but this is back in the day when I was a broke ass queen that could only afford a new look dress. So I did. <laughs> I did a wig reveal. I'm changing. I'm going for brunette yes! to blonde. <laughs> I need a video of this because that's fierce. <laughs> I'll send it to you. I'll slide into the DMs. <laughs> that's cute. <laughs> so uh, you've played Effie. Is there another role in the show that you were dying to do? Or is it all about Effie? Oh, well, I mean, Effie is the best art. But I did love Dina as well. I feel like mm-hmm. her character story of like going from you know, this shy little girl to like becoming a star and like making it her own way. I really thought that was great. I think she and her costumes were amazing as well. And the show and I, you know, I always love a Beyonce moment. It's like, I'm a curvy girl, but I'm like, I want to be Beyonce. You know, (laughs) it's cute. Well, bitch, you are Beyonce. You are the one. You are the moment. (laughs) Thank you, boo. (laughs) Girl, I want want the 70s disco flair with the one night only disco version. Exactly. And I I got to do the slow one before it. So that's cute. But it's like, oh, yeah. But I want to have that flair. I want to hit that step and pop and do it. They had like these Bob Mackie gowns for that Mm -hmm. that section. is. But that's what I'd rather have. <laughs> Do you know what? We could talk forever, but I just loved the production yeah. of the UK show. Yeah. It was so stripped back. It reminded me of a built-up Chicago where it's like you've got the heart and the soul on the stage, but there's not too many technicalities. Yeah. 
that it's all about the acting and the moment and the lighting. Yeah, and, and it's so the set is so minimalist, but it was so great how they did it. You could really see the difference between the backstage and the front stage, and the costumes were just so good. Like it was the first time I ever done a production of Dreamgirls where the budget was so high, and to just see black women celebrate it and look glamorous and beautiful, and that was the original intention of Dream Girls when it first came out because I recently did Dream Girls on Clubhouse on the app. <laughs> it was crazy. So I we did an all audio version. We trended number four and we did all these talkbacks with Henry Krieger and Shirley Ralph and uh, Jennifer Amazing. Holliday, like talking about what was the original concepts of the show. And one of the things that she said that struck me was like, it was the first time we had seen Black women on stage looking glamorous and beautiful. And it really wasn't about race. It was just about them, like, looking stunning. And that was, mm -hmm. like, something that they really wanted to do. And Michael Bennett was very all about that as well, like, making sure that the girls looked the best that they could. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah. And the fabulous thing about Dream Girls is it is shining a light on three talented fantastic female leads like there's not many mm -hmm. shows that is purely about females and celebrating them and their art and their craft no and it's something that i'm like where are those shows now like why are we this show was made in the 80s like i feel like we have a long way to go we need to be creating shows like this where you have three female uh, more than one female lead and more than one black girl which i think because yes. most of the shows I've been in, I've been the only black girl in the show, like my whole my career. So I just always felt like, why? And then I would be in a chorus of like eight other white women, <laughs> which I was like, so why can they be a blonde, a blonde, a brunette, a redhead, all that, but we can't have two black women or three yeah. in the show? So I thought that was really cool to finally have that. And it was like, of course, why is that a trend? It should just be you know, the way that it is. So hopefully I'm, I'm praying that theater gets more diverse after this shutdown and we come back with some new stuff. So let's pray for that. It, it needs to happen. It really does. We're yeah. in 2021 for crying out loud, but your See. career has been so incredible. What has been one of your biggest highlights of your career thus far? Ooh, um, I think so far, one of my biggest highlights just happened. I got to sing for the Queen and the Royal yes. Family, which I thought. So I recorded um, the song Tomorrow from Annie in a gospel style. And I I recorded it in my house during lockdown while, you know, everything was falling apart and Black Lives Matter was happening. And I wanted to create a song to help um, artists who were out of work to just raise money. And then it became like this anthem of hope for everyone. And mm -hmm. it got played on the radio. It went to number two on iTunes. We beat Beyonce. We beat Gaga. I remember when I saw us pass rain on me, I was like, what's happening? Take but, that, Chromatica. Um, take that, Chromatica. <laughs> <laughs> and mine cost zero dollars to make. <laughs> Interscope who? <laughs> So I got a record deal from that. Um, I signed with Universal and uh, the Queen heard my song on the radio and called in, like her people called in, were like, who's singing this song? I want uh, her to sing at the Royal Variety performance. And the Royal Variety has been done by Gaga and Aretha Franklin mm -hmm. and all these amazing people. And I got asked to do that this year. And then just standing on that stage by myself, not in a show, but just me, was just like 
a, such a highlight and to sing that type of song for the country, for the queen, like it was just a, that was a bucket list moment that I didn't even know that was on the, on the list. And it was like, what is happening? But it's just a testament to what you can do if you believe in yourself. Like like you were saying, when you were performing for those nine people, I bet you never thought that you would be on RuPaul's Drag Race or able never. to do those things. You never think, when I was writing that song, in my, I was singing that song in my house, I never thought I would be on stage with the Queen. And it happened so fast, but you just got to believe in yourself and you'll get there. I'm a firm believer in everything in life happens for a reason. It's good to put things out into the world that you want to happen but you should let your journey just happen organically because absolutely the, the minute you start stressing and putting pressures on yourself that's when you're limiting your creativity and your journey absolutely and there were so many times I was like this is going to be the one that's going to make me a star or that one's going to be the one and they didn't and then the one that I was just like I'm just going to do this because I want to help people and then every everything that I ever wanted came from that and so I think that was a lesson to me to say, just follow your heart, just trust your instincts, and then everything else will come from that. Exactly. Now, I ask this all the time with my special guests. Now, we're divas, we're on the stage all the time, and mistakes and mishaps happen. So what has been the biggest mishap that's ever happened to you, whether it's on a West End stage, on Broadway? What's happened? Oh, my God. Oh! Well, I'm trying to think. What's the worst one? <laughs> oh, so this was during Waitress. Um, so we had the, so all the Jennas were sick. Like every single person who's a Jenna was out sick. And they had asked me to go out to the audience to tell them that the show has been canceled. Now, they've been sitting in their seat for like 30 minutes. They wait for the show to start. I don't know how this happened. But I think it was because I was like, I'll just say it because I was like, we just need to cancel the show and be done with it. Anyway, so I went out there and I was like, hi, <laughs> I'm sorry, but the show is canceled. And I made sure I put on like a really bright pink top because I was like, nobody will holler at you if you have on a really bright pink top. You know what I mean? <laughs> Okay, so yeah. I and I told them, and the stage manager said, go off stage right when you leave after you spoke so that you can get off because the other side is locked. And I was like, okay, but at the time, I'm just thinking about what I'm going to say. So as soon as it's over, I was like, thank you. And then I go off. Which way do I go? Stage, stage left. left. <laughs> the wrong way. And then everyone is mad after what I've said. <laughs> and I'm stuck on stage. I can't get off. I'm like, hi, um. Uh, and then I had to take a walk of shame all the way back to the other <laughs> side of the stage. <laughs> that was the worst. And then I come back around and the whole cast is laughing, like crying, laughing because I went the wrong way. That's that. And in front of all the people. And you know, Brits, they don't like a cancellation. So it was no. not pretty. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> that that's, that's truly iconic. Now, <laughs> darling. You are about to return to the stage, to the West End, yes. to the iconic hairspray. How are you feeling? Are you feeling big, blonde, and beautiful? Oh, I'm feeling big, blonde, and beautiful, especially after this lockdown, honey. <laughs> uh, it's going to be so incredible. Like, we, so I got cast in this uh, almost two years ago now. So mm. it was supposed to be in 2020. Um, I didn't even go to the first three days of rehearsal because I had coronavirus, which was crazy. So I never oh, even got to be in the room with everyone. But we did a Britain's Got Talent um, performance later in the year last year. And I it was so amazing. Oh, my God. And we rewrote 
one of the lyrics uh, because I was like, we can't keep doing colorblind race theory because that's old. That's where you say, oh, I don't see color. That's not how it is. It's like, we want you to see color, but we just want you to love it and respect it and be like, okay, it's True. fine. So we changed that lyric. And when we changed that lyric and I sang, I got to sing this in front of millions of people on television. I got so many messages of people crying and being like, thank you for changing that. Um, we feel seen. So to now do the full production in London with Michael Ball, it's going to be amazing. This is one of my dream roles. I didn't think I was going to play this until like 20 years from now because <laughs> I am young. But I put on that outfit and that hair and it works. I was like, and I'm, I'm so excited to be in the lineage of amazing women who played this role. Jennifer Lewis, yeah. Jennifer Hudson, Queen Latifah. Like, so to be one of those, Mary Bond Davis, to be one of those women is going to be so exciting. And to sing, I know where I've been after all we've been through. Woo! That's going to be a moment. <laughs> well, I'm going to make sure I have got tickets there to cheer you on because Hairspray is one of my favorite shows as well. And Aww. you were just doing all the roles that I absolutely adore. Diva, you were doing it. You were turning it. And I am so proud of you. And you. we're going to finish on a very amazing note because you have a brand new album coming out diva so let the kids know all about it so my new album is out now it's called tomorrow um and it was based on the song that started everything tomorrow and it's a it's an album full of songs of inspiration and hope i recorded the whole thing in lockdown so all the emotions, the highs, the lows, everything that we've gone through is in this album. And it's one that you can turn on and have a good cry, but also can rejoice and feel like there's going to be a better tomorrow and there's going to be hope for the future. So make sure you go get it now. I'm going to finally tour the album around the UK in September. Um, we got some dates in London and and Manchester and Southampton. So make sure you uh, get your tickets for that. I mean, it's just a beautiful album. I'm so proud of what we've done. We made the top 100 on the charts, my first album. So we want to get to number one. So get those albums, kids. <laughs> Trust and believe it is going to get to number one. And I am so proud of you, my darling. I I love following your journey and seeing everything that you're doing. And I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for taking time out of your very busy schedule, very busy day to come chat with little old Chezzy. So thank you oh, so much, Marisha. Oh, thank you. And I love you, Jack Drag Race girls. Like, you just have been so, the queens have just been so uh, instrumental in my career. Um, Latrice Royale, um, Shangela, they all did a lip sync for your life to my song Tomorrow. And that kind of helped propel it. So thank you for your support. And I just I just love you. And I hope that you have the biggest career ever because you deserve it and you're incredible. Well, thank you so much, darling. And hopefully one day we could be sharing a stage together because who knows, maybe Shezzy can get on the West End as well. <laughs> I have to work yeah. on the singing though. <laughs> You can just do a play, boo. Yeah, we'll we'll stick to the play. We'll stick to the play. I can sing. I can hold a note in a long ensemble. You can sing though, babe. You just gotta get that right key. Just get your right Tomorrow. key. Oh God, we got Miranda sings all of a sudden. Colleen, Marisha, thank you so much, darling.
Thank you, Divas, for tuning in to another Girl Group Gossip. Make sure you follow us on all good social platforms. You can find us on the WOW Podcast Network. And get ready because there's more episodes coming next week. So we'll see you then. Goodbye. 